Welcome to the podcast. Every week I'll share leadership thoughts, books I'm reading, or tools I'm using to teach leadership skills. I believe everyone has influence. Every family, school, church, city, country is determined by its capacity for effective leadership. So let's jump in. Well, welcome to Leadership Podcast. My name is Charlie McMahon, and we are in a series on lethargy to energy. Every day we got to navigate our energy levels. I am intentionally staying away from the nutritional impact of this subject matter because it is well documented how how you eat and what you eat affects your energy levels. I won't get into low carb, high protein diets, high fat diets and stuff like that. I'll remind you that it's very critical. Your, your, your emotional state cannot resurrect what your fork puts to death. And so you need to be reminded of that. But we're in this series. Where we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some of the action steps we take to turn lethargy into energy. And last time we talked about how listening is a critical step because when I listen, I'm actually giving an energy an empowerment and ennobling to another person that I will benefit from. If not in this moment, then in the future in that relationship, William Urey said, when you listen to someone, it's the most profound act of human respect. And when you are in the present and you give your eyes to their eyes, when you lean in, when you do all those things that are about active listening, you are a person that other people want to be around. They trust you because why? They know that you are not distracted. You're not uh, displayed displayed in your uh, attention focuses of energy. And so listening is a powerful way to mutually share energy. Well, today I want to talk to you a little bit about going beyond that, and that is having a posture of undeservedness. This is another way that we receive energy, and today's topic is underserved to undeserved. There are two ways you can live life. I'm underserved. Uh, The reason that I don't have energy is because these people have taken it from me. And I live around people who don't encourage me. And I live around people who don't listen to me. I live around people who don't appreciate me for who I am. And that's one way to live. And I'm underserved in that I don't have the assets. I don't have the resources other people have. If only I had. If only I had. That's one way you can live. The problem with that is that is a bucket with a hole in the bottom of it. Even if you get what you're looking for, there's, it's never enough. It's never enough. It's never enough. And many people live out of this underserved posture, this underserved posture of I deserve, I deserve, I deserve. And there are actually many of us who lead, who lead out of that. I deserve respect. I'm entitled to certain benefits of my position, the pressures that come with it. And, and if I don't get those, I'm underserved. I remember one time Cary Grant, the actor, said, everyone wants to be Cary Grant. Even I want to be Cary Grant. What he meant by that was, is everybody looks at my life and thinks, oh my gosh, I wish I had the life of Cary Grant. Well, everybody thinks that way. Everybody thinks that way. Everybody wishes they had so-and-so's resources, so-and-so's um, life, and that mine's underserved. I shared recently on our weekend hangover 
that a series of books that I, I really enjoy because I love Martha's Vineyard um, is a series of books by Philip Craig that he wrote in the 80s, 90s, and 2000s, 19 books that are murder mysteries um, about Martha's Vineyard. And the hero of those stories is J.W. Jackson. He's a former Boston police officer who got shot in the back, had to take disability, retired, and he had grown up. His summers had been spent at uh, on Martha's Vineyard when he was a kid, and his father had a an old boathouse. He turned it into a house. He drives a rusted old land cruiser with 180,000 miles on it. The only money he makes is what he's getting in retirement, and the, the bluefish he catches off the beaches of Martha's Vineyard in the Atlantic Ocean, and then he sells those to local restaurants. Doesn't need much to live on because he doesn't have much overhead. And I can easily look at that sometimes and I can think, oh my gosh, my life is underserved. I need the life of J.W. Jackson. And we can always fantasize about that, especially on tough days in leadership when our life is, is not adequately resourced according to the demand put upon it. And so as a result, we miss the energy of grace. Because you see, there's another way to lead and live. And that is not constantly chafing because I'm underserved but living undeserved. I don't deserve to be here. Colin Powell used to have a picture of a turtle sitting on top of a fence post in his office, and people would come in and say, what does that mean, the turtle sitting on top of the fence post? And Colin Powell would say, it's to remind me constantly that turtle did not get there by itself. In other words, it was a reminder to him in the esteemed position he was in, at one time a major general, at one time Secretary of State of the United States, that his position was undeserved. It was undeserved. That what I have, the opportunities I've been given, the education I was given, the family I was given, the friendships I've been given, for many of us, the church I've been a part of is undeserved. It's undeserved. Now, this is really important with leaders because as leaders, if you live with an underserved mentality, when you do get blessings, you'll actually have an amplification of the imposter syndrome. If you live with undeserved, actually, it seems backwards, contrarian, but you'll live at peace with the fact that you don't deserve what you've gotten and you really are an imposter because in the reality is, is that many of us truly are imposters. We truly don't deserve to be here. We, many of us, we were born on third base. I did not ask to be born in 1961 to hardworking parents who gave me the opportunity to get an education, who, who raised me in the United States of America in the most prosperous time in history, to the most prosperous country in history, that raised me in church, taught me the Bible, helped me to understand the power that God has in someone's life through Jesus Christ. And the real reality is, is I lead our church. I am an imposter. But I don't have to struggle with that because I didn't. I don't deserve to be here. I was given, I was stewarded this position. Now, I have ta taken advantage of that and making choices in my life that allowed me to stay uh, gainfully employed for 35 years in this position. But those of us who struggle with this, I might be found out someday, 
And that, that's a very draining way to live. It's a very energy draining way to live. I got to constantly prove my salary. I got to constantly prove the position I'm in in life. This imposter syndrome is a serious thing that grace takes away. Because you know what? I can face it. No, I don't deserve to be here. I've worked hard. I've worked hard. I'm not the farmer that just said, hey, land, take care of itself. Let's let God take care of this. No, I'm, I know there's a part for me to play in the farming of this land. But boy, I didn't ask for this fertile soil. I didn't ask for this seed to be put into my lap, for these opportunities to be given to me. I've merely been a steward of those. It is all undeserved. Amy Cuddy talks about one day she received an email from a man named David who works as a university administrator, and he said, I've suffered with imposter syndrome since college. It's like the world kept telling me I was a 90 when I knew I was just a 50. For example, I have a bunch of achievement awards over my desk at work, and every time I received another, I'd think, oh, crap. Now they're thinking I'm a 92. They're going to be pissed off when they find out I'm only a 50. And the awards didn't make me feel better about myself. They just exacerbated the disparity between what they thought and what I felt. Now, how can that happen? Shouldn't concrete accomplishments, like like actually achieving things, earning advanced degrees, getting a desirable job like you've gotten, leading people, have cured David and you of your imposter syndrome? Well, you would think so. But it doesn't. It doesn't. At some point, at some point, we have to come to grips with it. And it is a syndrome that drains us of energy as leaders. The constantly trying to measure up, constantly trying to validate our position. And I believe the way to do that is to come to grips with, you are an imposter, Charlie. There is a sense in which you don't deserve what you have. It's called grace. You've been graced. Now steward that grace in your life. Be a faithful steward of the farm you've been given. Do your best knowing that there's a lot that happens that's not up to you and never will be. It's up to God and the opportunities that he presents in your path. And so today, if you want to have energy, just sit and say to God, God, I thank you that I am an imposter. I thank you that I was the turtle born on top of the fence post. I, I've worked hard, but I don't deserve everything that I didn't ask to be born to the parents I was born to, to the opportunity I was born to, and the country I was born to. I'm not an underserved person. I'm an undeserved person. And I thank you for that. And that grace effect gives energy. That grace effect frees you from the need to constantly have the outcomes that prove your legitimacy. You do your best. You plant, you hoe, you fertilize the farm you've been given, but you also live with a sense of gratitude that comes from the grace of knowing I'm not undeserved. I'm not underserved, excuse me. I'm undeserved. Until next time on the Leadership Podcast, this is Charlie McMahon. Thanks for listening. Tune in every week as we continue learning and growing in faith, in life, and leadership. And if this has been helpful to you, 
subscribe and spread the word. And I will talk to you next week.